the age of podcasting is here. Staying true to its core of amplifying all voices, Anima Podcasts aim to take this further, bigger, and louder with Here For It. Join us at the Philippines' first ever podcast festival on October 20 at the Glorieta Palm Drive Activity Center as we bring together the best of Philippines' podcast scene and its ever-growing community of listeners. Here For It, powered by Anima Podcasts and co-presented by Globe. Before The Voice, dude, I can't even count how many times I got nose. I always saw nose as more ammunition, I would mm. say. And I was just like, okay, if they don't think I'm good enough now, I'll just keep working on it. I'll keep honing on my craft and I'll try again. I would definitely say it's important to fail because it makes the success all the more better. So if you are failing, don't worry. It's going to be fine. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Quantum Creatives and we have a couple of firsts going on in this special episode. The first thing is that it's our first video episode so you can go on Spotify and you can see the whole conversation play out live in the studio with my guest Jamie Miller. And Jamie Miller is our first guest who is not a Filipino, he's of a different nationality, he's from the UK and yeah, it's our first time featuring a non-Filipino on the podcast but you know, that's what Quantum Creatives is about. You know, it's about finding the parallel experiences between different creatives, kahit anong nationality pa naman yan. And man, like Jamie has a really crazy story that, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to. Um, well, Jamie was here um, on tour for his EP. You know, he was in Manila for the for like a full week and a half um, doing mall shows, doing guestings, promoting his EP. And, you know, I got the chance to sit down and talk to him we had a really good conversation. You know, it got emotional at one point, but I was really just fascinated on how his story unfolded. You know, he started off as just, just you know, a random kid from Cardiff in the UK. Um, he would busk on the street. He would play music. Um, but he was also kind of bullied for being a singer. Like, he, he's something he kept, you know, away from the public eye until his mother convinced him to join The Voice, The Voice UK. A similar story to our previous guest, si JK, the voice then siya. And um, Jamie got into the top three, and he got super famous in his hometown. But when he came back home, you know, there weren't many opportunities yet for him, so he thought he was going to plug back into life. When, you know, the next day, Khloe Kardashian shares his video on Instagram, and it's just life changes forever. He gets like 12 record deals the next day. So it's really a fascinating story. Um, it's just kind of shows how, you know, the universe can just send its signals to you and pull you towards what you were meant to do. And it really pays a lot to, you know, be sensitive to that, right? And allow yourself that that vulnerability, that openness, right? And I, I see it with Jamie, you know, there was one point in the interview where he kind of teared up and he had to excuse himself and I, I really respect that, you know, where how someone who's really famous, really successful can allow themselves that emotional vulnerability. And I think that's something we can learn and take away from that conversation too, right? Where you, you know, you don't block your feeling. And I think creatives, you know, are especially susceptible to just feeling things. You know, that's how we tap into the creative energies. And um, I think that's what allows us to create, you know, good works of art. So... Um, yeah, I had a really good conversation with Jamie. 
Uh, he's a really talented guy, and I think this guy is really going places. So I'm really glad I got to talk to him at this point. And uh, also, before we get to the interview, I'm just reminding you guys that we do have a YouTube channel where clips from this interview will be uploaded, as well as clips from other guests. And we do have a TikTok as well, where more short-form, snackable content will be uploaded. Um, yeah, also join our Facebook group for more events and more announcements on Quantum Creatives. And yeah, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jamie Miller. All right, so welcome to another episode of Quantum Creatives. And today we have the Welsh singer-songwriter Jamie Miller on the show. You may have heard of him from his song, Here's Your Perfect, charting globally and garnering hundreds of millions of streams. It's all over TikTok, too. And <laughs> earlier this year, he released Maybe Next Time, featuring OPM artist Moira De La Torre, which I really want to talk about later. And um, he's, his new EP, The Things I Left Unsaid, has been announced for release on October 4th. Yes, sir. Welcome to the show, Jamie. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. Awesome, dude. <laughs> so uh, this is your first um, podcast in the Philippines? First is... podcast in the Philippines. I'm yes, excited. Oh. I'm ready. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so um, welcome to Quantum Creatives, man. I think um, it's this is like a milestone episode. It's the first time we're having someone of a different nationality on the pod. No way. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's kind of what the pod is about, too. It's just like having the commonalities of yeah. different creatives, you know, even across borders. Yeah, so, well, I'm honored, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, so um, so much to talk about to today, and I think let's just start off like where you're at right now. Yes, um, you're in the middle of a press tour. Yes, and is it your first time in the Philippines? You My know? first time. Yeah, I've always wanted to come here since here's your perfect, but I think with the pandemic happening, mm-hmm. like it was such a weird timing of it um, to one song to blow up. But I think it taught me a lot that this trip, especially just realizing that there's real people behind the views on TikTok mm-hmm. and the real people behind the likes. And I just did a busking uh, in BGC oh, yeah. on official high street. Uh-huh. And I thought like five people were going to turn up <laughs> and we got mobbed and I was like, oh, man. what is going on? So yeah, yeah, it's just, it's mind blowing. And I'm so excited to be here. That's awesome, man. Um, I saw this video of like this little girl coming up to you and, and singing. Yes. That was, that was in New York. Oh, that was in New York. Okay. Yeah. So, um, my show got cancelled um, due to like technical difficulties and stuff. So um, they were outside my hotel and she came up to me and she was like, can I sing Here's Your Perfect with you? And I was like, of course we can. And then that kind of just went so viral, which was crazy. But yeah, I don't know. Why I d- it's in a weird way, I feel like imposter syndrome because like I just see myself as Jamie, so normal. Like, But now I'm just like, it's so weird to think that people know me and like my music is like i don't know it's crazy yeah i mean especially going to a place that you haven't been ever and then you you, you come here experience the culture go to a new place and yeah. there's so many people who know your face and your, your songs yeah, it's, it's, it's a trippy feeling for sure but i got really emotional because i started off busking like before i was a signed artist so to like go back to my roots but to have people with their phones up screaming was it was a surreal experience yeah I'm only here till Monday, sadly. I don't want to leave, but unfortunately, I have to. Yeah, I was telling Jamie offline to definitely come back um, for some beaches. Beaches. some chill time. Absolutely, yeah. dude. I, I love Manila. I didn't, I didn't think I would love it as much as I do, and I think it's just because the warm welcome mm. a- anywhere I go. It's just, mm. like, so nice. Like, I go to a restaurant, and everybody's so kind and catering. I'm just like, it's so... You guys are so kind out here, and 
so talented too. Like I'm singing my songs and hearing people sing my songs better than I do. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> so cool. Man, no, we we love good singers here, good artists. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like, something about the Filipino experience about hearing like, you know, like a good People a belt good and just yeah, go for belt, it. It's yeah, just like, man. I love it. It's so cool. Let's talk about your background. Yeah. Um, because I, I love to get some context with the guests on the show. You mentioned busking earlier, and uh, you grew up in Cardiff. In grew up the in UK. Cardiff. Yeah. Can you can you tell us about what that's like? Um. Yeah, I grew up in Cardiff. Um, very normal background. Mum's a cleaner. My dad's a taxi driver. Um, two sisters, and yeah, just had a very normal life. I think because it was so normal, I really turned to like music as an outlet. I didn't really grow up with a ton of money, but like it felt like I did. Like just because the way my mom and dad raised me was like just the most incredible way. They're the best humans ever. Um, but yeah, I wasn't the smartest in school, so I didn't leave school with good grades. But ended up in a call center job after that. Ended up going on the Voice um, in the UK. My mom signed me up for it, and then after that, nothing really happened for like a month. Mm-hmm. And then Chloe Kardashian found me. Okay, yeah, and then yeah. my life kind of just went and that's the quick story but um yeah i've just been singing and dancing my whole life and just to have that moment in life for like to go from a call center to the voice that's wild to nothing again then to chloe and then to be a signed artist was just like i've felt it's been like a weird emotional yeah. roller coaster for sure yeah, that dip after the voice is interesting. I, I want to circle back to that later, yeah, yeah. but let's talk about your early influences. Like, when did you become a fan of music? Like, you say it was very a normal household, but when did like music first enter your your subconscious? Um, it, there's been like there's photos of me holding a microphone when I'm like three years old. Mm. Like, my mom and dad always just said that I used to be singing around the house, but it's funny because no one else in my family sings. Not one oh, person. Yeah? So I'm Whoa. I'm either adopted or just lucky, <laughs> but <laughs> um. Yeah, it's just... it's Were they fans of music, at least? Oh, they had the best music taste. That's why I was so confused. Like, when my mom and dad opened their mouth and I heard what came out, I was like, how do you have this music taste <laughs> but sound like that? Um, but no, they definitely introduced me to the greats, like, early on, Donny Hathaway, oh. Lionel Richie, Motown. Oh, yes, Motown. Yeah, Whitney yeah. Houston is one of my favorites and probably the reason that I do want a belt nowadays. <laughs> um, but yeah, they just, they have the most impeccable music taste, so... I thank them for that. Here, Whitney Houston is like everyone's. It's like yeah. karaoke god <laughs> yeah. level. You know, you see it's, them pick Whitney on the songbook. Like okay, <laughs> okay, Whitney, yeah. Okay. Literally, I was at a karaoke bar last night, and like people were <laughs> right. So my karaoke is people don't sound good, but here I felt like I was watching the Grammys. I was like, what? It's so oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, they were just trying to flex because yeah. they they knew like you know Jamie Miller was <laughs> going to karaoke with them. Yeah, while well, they were they were flexing. Either really. that or everyone was wasted. <laughs> yeah, love that. Um. Okay. Well. So, how did you start to learn that to sing? Like, when did you discover that? Like, yeah, okay. Like, you can actually sing. This is actually a funny story. So, I was in year three, which is like primary school. I don't know how you guys do it here. Um. And there was a sign on the hall, like the dinner hall door, um, for auditions for Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Mm. And I had never sang at this point, like in terms of like serious, didn't know if I wanted to do it or whatever. But um, if I did audition, I got to skip math, math class. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Oh my gosh. So the teachers taught us the song um, and we went up in crowds of four and then single line. 
and I learned the song and when I opened my mouth everybody was like and I was like oh maybe I maybe there is something here so after that I just started loving it and I think seeing one teacher's reaction just made me like really want to hone in on my craft and I was only like I don't even know like seven Dude, eight that's a lot like seeing an adult who is impressed yeah by your talent as a kid like that that's a lot to kind of push you into yeah and then something new after that I just started like auditioning for stuff and then I ended up getting scholarship offers at oh. the age of like nine um I didn't ever take them just because like I just wanted like, a very normal childhood I guess and I think but like having really good offers from scholarship schools were like really cool yeah um it's kind of funny how many creatives i've interviewed and their creative journey kind of starts off with avoiding math yeah yeah i'm not good at math not good what, what were you did you have any stage fright or did you kind of enjoy the performance of it um no stage fright as a kid mm. i i took dance very seriously before singing so i used to travel like the country back in the uk for dancing and then um i think singing just came natural because i went to a, like a theater art school um so everything was like music based anyway mm-hmm. never never shy we- weirdly looking back i was never shy i think that only started to come in, in this stage of my life because it's like my own music and oh, not yeah. covers or someone else's so yeah there's definitely times where i get stage fright or like nervous but i think that's only because i really care about it that makes sense i mean when you're putting out your music and especially like the personal stories it's yeah. it's a lot more like you know close to the heart and yeah and it's like, some reason just like on this trip i felt like my career up until this point i f- weirdly i felt like i've been living it through someone else's eyes mm-hmm. but i felt like the disassociation stopped when i came to manila like really? i finally just started realizing like oh like i'm i'm doing it and like people are really showing up for me so like it's been like a weird like emotional journey this trip alone just because i'm like whoa it's like i'm finally like allowing myself to like reap the rewards of the success that i've had and i feel very grateful that's awesome man i'm glad to catch you at this time yeah me uh, too (laughs) i'm like i'm finally in my own body which is really cool and weird to say but very weird when your schedule Mm -hmm. is so packed all the time i think just having this moment is really cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess for you, it must be like this, the past few years have been this cycle of mm-hmm. like, you know, doing press, putting out music, trying to adjust and, yeah, you know. Um, I, and I think like with Here's Your Perfect, like taken, like not, no one expected it. Uh-huh. Like I wrote that song maybe like five years ago and I put it out like two years ago. Um, I was told not to put it out. I was told that it wasn't going to do anything. It wasn't going to be a hit. Um, It wasn't good enough. Um, So, like, no one really expected it. And I think for me, putting that song out was, like, I was like, okay, if it fails, it fails. But at least, like, I tried. Um, And then it ended up doing what it did. So I was, like, mind blown at the experience. But I took a year off last year. I don't know if you've seen, like, social media. But Mm -hmm. I think... Because no one expected it, my schedule got so busy and I was like, no, there's no guidebook for an artist. Like something that takes off on TikTok, you you just have to roll with it. Yeah. And then kind of just got overwhelmed by a lot of things professionally, friendship wise. So it took like six to six months to a year off last year. I, I was touring, but like music wise, I just needed to, needed to find Jamie again. Right, so right. I went into like therapy just because like I was just 
kind of just felt a little bit like lonely and depressed mm-hmm. kind of um and it's weird because i look at celebrities and sometimes you read stories and tabloids like oh they're they're being rude or they're being they're being shy i don't want to talk to people but i i think last year i finally understood why do you know what i mean because uh-huh. i feel like uh-huh. you, you have to impress so many people then you have to yeah. Yeah. make sure your people are getting fed and mm-hmm. paid and I think it was just a moment that I needed for this year just to take yeah. a little break yeah. and step back. I mean, it is a really unnatural state to be in, to be that famous, like that many eyes on you, you know, yeah. kind of watching what you're doing. And yeah. It, I think it does take some self-awareness to to make that call. Yeah. To be like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to chill for a bit. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of think that goes against convention, right? Because mm-hmm. it thinks, hey, you know, you're picking up. You should keep working. Keep yeah. putting out stuff. And that's exactly like, and I I wouldn't even consider myself like famous. I that's that weird. That word is weird to me. But <laughs> I think for like, just yeah, like you said, it's just like we're going against the grain and taking some time to like make sure everything. Because like, if you're not okay, then nothing's gonna be okay. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I think, yeah, I just regardless of what happened in the time that I took off, I I just needed it for my for myself. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, I I, I want to circle back to that mental health aspect of it because I think that's really crucial for creatives. Yeah. But, I mean, I just want to talk about what does it feel like? You mentioned busking in your hometown. Yeah. And, you know, you're busking, people are just going about their day, mm-hmm. just semi-listening. Sometimes someone will come up, give a tip. Yeah. What's it like now in contrast to, like, people, like, screaming your name and, like, knowing your songs and yeah. stuff? That must be it's, a wild experience, man. It is. Honestly, I think artists in general, especially me, like I think there's so much pressure that comes with hits and like if you have a hit then you have to make another hit and then da 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 and it's funny on this trip people are like um impressed they're saying like are you nervous to like try and make another here's your perfect and I think for me like my answer is no because I didn't really put here's your perfect out to like make it make a billion Mm -hmm. streams like I just Mm -hmm. put it out because I loved it and I put it out because that was on my heart at that moment in my life and it's yeah it's, it's it's a wild thing to go from my hometown busking to now being on the other side of the world and people screaming my name but um yeah there's just there's no like i said there's no guidebook there's no yeah. in between yeah. so i'm again i'm just winging it and mm-hmm. i feel like everybody thinks i have my stuff together but i'm just like if you knew like i'm just <laughs> winging it and i'm not as cool as everybody thinks i am you know what i'm saying so i don't know well, that's nice to hear, man. I mean, like, you still keep it humble, still keep yeah, it real. Definitely. I think that's, like, how the best, you know, creative works come out. You know, yeah. you just kind of, you, you don't get too full of yourself, you know. And um, it, it doesn't cost anything to be kind, you know what I mean? Like, I'm so lucky exactly. to call to call this my job. Like, what? Like, oh, I'm yeah. traveling on a plane to come yeah. see people that like my music and that's my job. It's like, mm-hmm. what? It's weird. <laughs> it's so mind-boggling, but yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes from was from Conan O'Brien. He said, um, put in the work, be kind, and good things will happen. I mean, exactly. it's, it's so simple, but I it's love just that. like, you know, you so true. treat people well, you know, try to do the best work you can, and you're good, you know? Yeah, I love that. Right? Oh, wait, what was that? Conan treat- O'Brien, yeah. uh, um, put in the work, be kind, and good things will happen. There you go. Amen. Right? Love that. 
Okay, I, I want to touch up on the call center uh, work too because that's such an interesting aspect and I think it's something a lot of Filipinos can relate to because oh, really? the industry here is huge. Call center, oh, wow. BPO industry. And I actually think we're in the same building as <laughs> call center. So like no on the way here, I saw people going to work or leaving work. <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm actually talking to, to Jane. He used to work at a call <laughs> yeah. center. Um, yeah, man. Like, what was that like? Um, was that your first job after school or? Yeah. You know? It, uh, actually, no. Um, after school, I was a server. I lasted one day. <laughs> um, I was service industry. It's hard, man. Yeah, dude. So basically, right? Okay, so I was a server, and it was my first day on the job. Never done it before. And in the UK, like at dinner, you serve people coffee or tea. Mm-hmm. And I was in charge of tea, but the guy wanted coffee, right? So I was going around the table, and I gave him tea, and he tasted it spat it out there's carpet right and he poured poured Jeez. it all over the floor the heck, and i was like you know what like i don't want a job if this is what a job is and so i walked out and then my mom and dad got really mad at me for walking out and then my sister was a manager at the call center and i didn't really even have the qualifications to be at the call center but mm-hmm. because my sister was there she was like let's try it out let's see if you're good at it and then ended up getting a job as the customer service manager and yeah it was my job for two years two years well. yeah and i was the guy on the phone fixing your ipad and your okay. iphone and i'd be like hello <laughs> tesco tech support james weekend how can i help <laughs> and that was my job for two years and i think every day i would scroll like the daily mail and like i would scroll like all these articles like and how to make it as a singer and, wow man and i think because i was so passionate and like so excited to like do music i think the whole people in like on my team at the call center just like didn't know why i was looking at so many music articles no one really knew i sang and then one day i no one was on the floor and i just started singing right Mm. and but the intercom was on oh shit so like my manager came up to me and was like what are you doing here like and i was like wow and then he went up to my mom afterwards and was like you need to you need to do something with this kid. So my mom ended up signing me up for The Voice and that's how that happened. That's but yeah. a crazy story, man. Yeah, yeah. so I, it wouldn't have really happened otherwise. I probably would have stayed there for the rest of my life just because I didn't really have any qualifications to do anything else. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's it crazy. That's crazy. Like so many chance encounters, even from that asshole who threw the, the tea. I mean, that's a red flag, by the way. If you treat any <laughs> <Red> service. <flag. laughs> yeah. Um, to, to leaving the intercom on, I mean, yeah. that's, that's crazy, man. Um, I think, like, I know this sounds so cliche, but when people say, like, everything happens for a reason, everything really truly does happen for a reason. Like, I didn't ever grow up thinking that I would be a singer or a musician. I just didn't think it would be in the cards for me. So it's, like, really cool to, like, finally be able to say that yeah. I've, I'm doing it. I mean, I can imagine if you're going to work every day for two years in Cardiff in a call center. Yeah. Like, who were you listening to at the time? Like, who were you a fan of? I was, a, I'm a huge fan of country music. Oh, okay. So I love this band called The Rascal Flats. Um, They're just an amazing band. They're huge in America and everywhere, basically. But um, definitely them, Bruno Mars, mm, Tori Kelly. They mm. were like my jam playlist every day to work in my little beaten up car <laughs> um but yeah it was just honestly this is the first time i've ever talked about this oh yeah so like this is like i'm oh, like it's awesome. like everything's yeah, going yeah. back in my mind but yeah it's bizarre talking about it but yeah probably those 
Okay. Um, let's talk about the voice. Yeah. You know, so what was that like? Um, the auditioning and making it up to the final. Uh, it to- was. Yeah, it was. The voice as a whole was amazing. Like it was just the best opportunity for a kid like me at the time. Um, I was so innocent. I didn't know anything about the industry. Um, my first time really performing in front of a crowd was on national TV. Um, and looking back, it's so like bittersweet to me because like I just see such a nervous, shy, like so insecure, like kid who like whenever someone told me that I was good, I would just burst out crying because I feel like every time like in school, it wasn't celebrated for a guy to be a singer like or anything like I it's like you you got bullied for it. Um, so I think going on The Voice and having the affirmation from people like Jennifer Hudson and it just was mind-blowing. But it was a surreal experience and an amazing step in stone in my journey. Um, and I think that's probably why a lot of people know who I am from from that journey. And I think because I did cry so much on the show, I think I showed people that like this is just a normal kid trying to do it. And it, it, yeah, it was really unexpected. So yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how like you know people need like validation from like public like celebrities to treat you know people well. I mean, why why were you being bullied as a uh, from from singing, man? Like, I think I think definitely. No, I don't know if it's like it now, but if you were a singer, you got called girly or you got called oh, gay see, or like some um, toxic I, masculinity kind of yeah, thing. And yeah, and I was yeah. just like, it was, and do you know what? Like being girly, being gay, whatever you want to be is is like fine like whatever mm. you want to be but back then it was like scary you know like if mm. like people were to like be rude to you and honestly it just like took my love away from music when i was in school so i just like didn't Did you do have to hide it oh yeah didn't, oh, yeah didn't sing at all wow man and if i went to choir um i would hide under the table so none of my friends saw me in the room but um yeah it was weird because like there's so many teachers that knew me from primary school and there was like like i said i got offered like scholarships and mm-hmm. teachers would be like why are you like wasting your talent away like why are you listening to them but as a kid you just don't know any better yeah. so you just yeah. want to be the cool and all my friends were like rugby players and football oh, players yeah so i didn't i didn't really want to stand out so i was just like i'll just fit in and just but it kept uh, calling you back man i like, know i was like kept... but and then like you said like it kept calling me back so there's so many times where it probably shouldn't have happened to me but I just kept going for it mm-hmm. and I'd post Facebook videos and I'd post anything I could just to, just to get my name out there. And even if they were really bad, I just wanted to prove to people that like passion is also just a talent that you can mm-hmm. craft. And I don't know. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, I think that's really inspirational for other people to hear, like kind of like you. I mean, if there's someone at the BPO offices next door <laughs> scrolling through music articles too, yeah. I mean, was it the people in your life who pushed you to try something new and trying to step out of your comfort zone or um i think honestly like i just i love where i come from like so much but at the same time there's just it's a, like a land of no opportunity and i think if you if you're from where i'm from you stay where i'm from and it's like a cycle you have kids at a young age and then you you just stay in like a you stay in a box and i know this that's um, good for some people but for me, I was like, I just kind of want to step out and prove to people that just because you're more than the street that you grew up on. And I think that was just something my mom always taught me, like, 
you're so much more than this like keep going like and my mum and dad would just like sit out my room for hours just listening to me sing and just seeing their belief in me was so apparent and I was like I just got to keep going for them and I wanted to give my mum a better life I wanted to give my dad a better life my sisters a better life and I think just by doing what I'm doing right now and they're able to see that there is more to the world than just my hometown so yeah did you see some support from your hometown when you were on The Voice UK? That must have been big. Me? Yeah, it was like every billboard. <laughs> um, I went back to my school um, on the final. And uh, just thousands of screaming kids just like going crazy, which was, it was really heartwarming. Yeah, like yeah. to go back and to where I had such a negative experience turned into such a positive one. Because I think when someone does it, in a way, like me, just like people saying, oh, that's just Jamie from around the corner. I think everybody was like, okay, like music isn't yeah. girly. If you're yeah, not, yeah. it's not, it doesn't have to be like what anybody thinks it is. Like, like Justin Bieber, right? Mm. Everybody was like, if you listen to Justin Bieber, like, I'm like, come on, like Justin Bieber's so freaking cool. Music's like, cool, man. Yeah. Come so on, yeah. it was really cool to like go back and me to say to like the dudes, like yeah. who wants to be a singer? And then everybody would be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that was, maybe that's where the bullying was coming from because it was like you know maybe there was like this insecurity oh, of that yeah, you know sure. am i gonna spend the rest of my my life here or whatever or, yeah um and you were like someone who kind of proved that that could happen right mm -hmm. um so let's continue um with with the voice i kind of want to touch up on that because I, I i looked it up online and the, the youtube video said insecure 19 year old boy quits his job and becomes a real superstar in the voice it's a very clickbaity oh title but um and then the the, the picture is just me crying yeah. I'm like that did me so dirty on that one but it's like millions of views because yeah. it, it's a redemption arc in a short youtube video right yeah. um where what do you think changed since then man like were you able to kind of corral this confidence that yeah. um you know from that Jamie back then. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I feel um, Jennifer Hudson said to me, if you don't believe in yourself, no one's going to ever believe in you. Mm. And like, she said it in like a serious tone. And I think... because like stick, she, man. That's yeah, she, stick. And it did stick because hearing your idol say that to you, but in a serious tone, just to let you know that you're good enough, I knew it was coming from like in a, a good place. But every time I'd go into the room with her, I'd just be so emotional. And I think it's just because I just didn't think at the time I deserved to be there. Mm -hmm. um, just because like there was so much talent and there was so many people didn't get through and I was going through and I was like, why is this like happening? And um, and she looked at me and she was like, you deserve to be here. Like you deserve this spot. There was weeks where I had like 20,000 more votes than anybody else. Like, and I was just like looking at that and I'm like, mm -hmm. how like people like like me like that? I'm like, what? <laughs> um, so like it was definitely a confidence boost and something that I've taken with me after The Voice and going into my career now with labels and songs that I'm putting out that are doing well and seeing myself finally as an artist that people like and listen to is mm -hmm. like it's been like a weird adjustment but like something that now I'm like okay like it's it's happening and but The Voice definitely brought me mm -hmm. a stepping stone and one that I'm very grateful for. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned there was like a dip after the voice before yeah. the Chloe. That, that must have been an interesting part too. You, were you thinking like, okay, back back to normal life after this? Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, uh, so basically, when I was on the voice, 
in a call center in Cardiff, they have to give your position to someone else if you leave for a certain amount of time. Uh-huh. So I was like, I came off the voice and I was reapplying for jobs, like wow. just normal. Mm-hmm. And I remember one night I was sitting on the couch with my mum and I was just like, I just don't think this is like going to work out for me. And then the next day, Chloe Kardashian posted <laughs> about me and my mum came into my, I'm again emotional, like just thinking back about, it. I've never talked about this and my mum coming into the room screaming like ah oh, i don't even know why i'm getting emotional but um just my oh sorry yeah sure Whew, i've never talked about this before take your time man yeah it is um um yeah my mom coming into the room at like 5 a.m saying like she didn't even know who chloe kardashian was <laughs> and it just went so viral and that day i had like 12 record label offers and just like that going, day yeah oh my God. so going from sitting on the couch the night beforehand to like then having that moment was like a very special moment for me so and then the next day i was on a flight to new york city so and like it's true like i i think that's why when people say like what advice can you give to anybody i'm just like it can really just happen to anybody like and if I could tell one thing to myself, I'd just be like, it's gonna be fine. Like you're gonna be okay. Stop putting too much pressure on yourself. And I see a lot of artists now that come up to me and I see how unconfident they are and how insecure they are. And I just like I'm like, dude, just believe in yourself. Like it's I promise you, if you believe in yourself, it's always gonna happen. Like and it, it will it will. So yeah. Yeah, and I love that you know you you show that you allow yourself that emotional vulnerability, <laughs> you know. Because I mean, I guess the initial reaction is like, yeah, don't look at me, you know. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I think it affects the the music you make, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from that I, place. Honestly, I've never talked about that before. Just like thinking back, I'm just like, wow, that's like so cool. So yeah, because it's you. a crazy turn of events. I mean, coming from the voice, and then you think, oh, maybe I'll just go back to normal life, and yeah. getting that. I mean, twelve in a day, twelve um, record label. Yeah, and it's so crazy, like to happen from one post. Yeah, from like, but it was also like okay, like people are people are into this. And did you ever get to talk to her? Or, Weirdly, or thank her? I well, I sent her flowers first uh-huh. of all to say thank you. Probably like she's probably the worst flower she's ever received. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we uh, just r- literally one day before I left for Manila, um, her brother reached out to me. Uh-huh. And he was like, "You're amazing," and they was he was telling me about Chloe, and then I invited them to my LA show, and they're gonna come. Oh, so, that's gonna be a full circle moment. It, man. Yeah, and it was like one of those moments for me that I was just like, "Wow!" So yeah, it was crazy. Wow, man. I mean, just talking about your backstory, there's so many turns. I mean, it's like a it's like a movie, man, or something. It so. is. It looked like <laughs> even speaking about, I'm like, "Whoa!" There was so yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so after that, so you, you flew to to the States. Yeah. Um, how did you end up in LA? So I so I was meeting with labels when I first went to New York, and then I ended up going to Nashville for like a month or two. Um, a country music fan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like recording my own music to see, the labels just wanted to see what they were dealing with and stuff like that. So I was just trying to create a few music music pieces on my own, and then... 
very terrible music and I shouldn't have been signed from the music that I was writing, but they ended up, they ended up signing me, um, started to go to London, um, moved to London for a little bit, um, working on the project. And then just because my whole team was American, it just didn't make sense for me to be in the UK anymore. And the time zones and the di- the differences and everything was just crazy. So mm. they said, did you want to go to LA? Did you want to move to LA? And at the time I was like, I don't think I want to move away from home, my family, my everything that I knew. And But then I was something telling me, I was like, if this is an opportunity that I passed, I would have been crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like one of the moments where I was just like, bite the bullet, just go see what it's like. And I was only meant to go there for three months. And then I ended up staying for like, this is my sixth year. So, oh, yeah. and my friends in LA and like, they just feel like family. I just, it feels the most home mm. that I've ever felt. And it's like just everything. So like my music there and the producers that I've worked with, I'm so lucky to work with it. Like, it's, it's just home. So yeah. that's how I ended up yeah. in, in LA. That's kind of when you know that that risk when there's a little bit of fear in there. Yeah, you know, you, it seems yeah. like a risk worth taking. Exactly, know? and I was like, again, like it, like fast forward ten years, and I'm saying to myself, like, why didn't I just go to that to see you? And I didn't want to be left with what ifs, so mm-hmm. I just I just went, and it was the best decision of my life. So you know, I'm also personally curious about LA. So I, I work in filmmaking. I'm, yeah. I'm a director. I was talking to Drew earlier oh, with yeah. the camera. I was asking, hey, you know, I have some friends who are production in LA. Cool, and, man. You know, I, I've been there. I went there for a shoot actually like a few years ago and there's just like this creative energy. I yeah. guess on one spectrum, it could be a little too much pressure to make it. and But the on the, like maybe like in the sweet middle, it's, it's kind of inspiring to be around yeah, definitely, different artists. Definitely. Have the same experience? Definitely inspiring. Um, definitely a lot of pressure mm-hmm. that's one thing that i realized last year after i like when i said i took some time off you always have this like i feel like you always have this pressure to be perfect mm-hmm. like no pun intended <laughs> um but for real like it's just like you have to get up you have to make sure you look the good you, and i think for me my motto is well i feel like the la's motto is like everyone against each other but i'm just like there's room for everybody like and i feel like there is room for everybody and I don't know why people think that they have to like step on people to get to where they want to get to. And for me, I am in a place now in life where I have a small group of friends, a small group of people that I work with and that's just how I like it. And I still can, it's taken a while and I feel like for a long time I was like, I need a, a million friends. I need to be liked by everybody. I need to be loved by everybody. I need to be, I need to impress everybody in the room, but I'm just like, God, it's so tiring. It's so tiring to be something that you're not for so long. And I said to myself this year, if someone doesn't like you, someone doesn't like you. They don't like your music. They don't like your music. And it's not meant, you're not meant for to be for everybody's cup of tea. And I think the minute I let that burden just go, I was like, life is so much better man yeah, yeah. it really so is good. i think it's because of your your humble background man like yeah you, you didn't kind of come in there thinking like hey everybody you know yeah look at me you know and maybe that's how you found your tribe you know how everyone kind of shared the same kind of values exactly you know? so yeah i don't know i'm just again just a normal kid doing what he loves to do and seeing where it takes him so so i saw that um like even people in la like 
uh, big stars like Sam Smith, Kelly Clarkson, Pink, <laughs> you know, they they all kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah. gain attention even from Jisoo from Blackpink, right? So, mm-hmm. do you still get starstruck when you um, when you see those? Um, I think, I think, yes, I think so. I think in the back of my brain, there's always that little kid with excitement. Um, but also, like, you're in an industry where you can't get too excited now. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, definitely so honored to for people like that to reach out to me and tell me that, like, my work is good or whatever they say. But Kelly Clarkson is a huge one for me. She's probably mm-hmm. one of the main reasons that I wanted to be a singer. So I met her, went to her show, and that was like, probably the highlight of my career. Like, just scrolling in your DMs and seeing Sam Smith's name. I'm like, Damn, what is my <laughs> life, man? Um, but definitely. And then Jisoo. Um, Jisoo is incredible. We became friends through... I did a, a OST for her um, drama mm-hmm. drama show. So we kind of just became connected through that. And she's so lovely. And I feel like so lovely. And she's, like, always so supportive of my of my work now. And... Likewise with her, I think she's incredible. I think Blackpink are absolutely amazing. Would love to do something with them one day. Um, hey, Blackpink, if you're listening. Yeah, Blackpink in I mean, they listen to the podcast a lot. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm just <laughs> I wish. I love that. Um, no. I mean, it must be crazy how your world has opened up, man, from Cardiff to not only LA, but it's like a global thing. And here's yeah. your perfect blew up in Asia, right? Mm-hmm. Like. You know, did you ex? I probably didn't expect that, but you know, what was it like when you when you heard the news that you know? Dude, honestly, the song has done like a billion streams, right? Just to put it into perspective, I think in the United, I think in the United States, it did like fifty million, and then in Asia, the rest. Like <laughs> that is how crazy that the song blew up. Um, didn't expect it. Honestly, got told not to put it out. They said it would ruin my career. Yeah, they oh actually did. God. Like, this is like something that's so true. Like, they were so against it. Everybody was like, "If you want a career, you shouldn't put this song out." And and then it was so funny because I would go behind everybody's back and I'd sing the big riff on TikTok. So uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and to my luck, it became a challenge, like the high. And it, it was a like, perfect challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody just hopped on it, and that's the reason it came out. I remember. Um, Camila Cabello and Sean Mendes following me after the challenge and I just said to my label at the time and I was like look there's people like this big of a celebrity is like following me after this like, let's just put it out yeah, like, it's like proof of concept yeah proof yeah. of concept definitely proof of concept I did like a whole spiel on why it should come out wow. um, and then I said if it fails it fails and you can drop me I said that I was like if it fails you can drop me and if it doesn't, then you just have to take it as you were wrong. <laughs> and honestly, I was maybe a bit scared on the first week because it didn't do as well as I oh, thought yeah. it was. It, was gonna, it wasn't doing great. And then from one day, it went from like 50,000 streams. The next day, a million streams in one day. And That's I was crazy. like, wow, this is this is happening. So, yeah. Wow, man. And I guess it must have taken some bravery on your end to tell your producers at that time. I mean, because, you know, you were still pretty new to the industry and so new. people from up on top were telling you not to do something. Yeah, and honestly, just full transparency, Here's Your Perfect was the first song I ever wrote in my career in terms of, like, I put out music beforehand. It wasn't my music. It was written for me. I still love the music, um, but 
I think here's your perfect hit different because it was my words. Mm. It was my words from a journal. Um, and I just remember, I remember writing the words. I remember the day, even wrote down the date that I fell for you. And in my room, I was like, I remember the day. And I remember sending it to to my friend Salem. And then we just like, I took it to her, her house and we just like scoped out the whole thing in like two hours. And then, yeah, it just became huge perfect. That's crazy, man. I think, yeah, when you write something from the heart, um, you know, it just kind of changes, you know, it, it really makes a mark, right? Yeah. Let's talk about songwriting quickly. So um, I do want to talk about the collaboration with Salem later, but yeah. what, what kind of songwriter are you? Would you say, are you the one, well, you know, over the past few years, over writing more songs, are mm-hmm. you the type to kind of like sit down and, you know, bust out a lot of songs or are you... Are the type to kind of just like simmer in life and just like write something on the side and you know extract songs from those later on. Um, oh, I I I write every probably every day, even on my every trip day? here in Manila. Are, are I'm you just like a good journal guy. Yeah, huge mm. journal guy. I brought my journal with me, and I think I just, especially this year, like after taking time off uh, last year and just like going into the studio, I think. I've been so honest this year. It's like I this project there, like the things that I left and said, it was like the most honest I've ever been in anything. That your, your upcoming EP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I don't want to give people like a a part of Jamie that is not real like anymore. And I felt like I was for a long time and I was like trying to be what the industry deems is like, this is how it should be. And I was like, after going through some like mental health like difficulties and stuff like that, I was like, it's time for me to be honest, man. I was like, we all go through it. We all go through depression. We all go through heartache. We all go through love. We all go through everything that music is, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like for me, that was just like an important thing for me to find it, be honest. So I would say I'm one of those people who just like takes charge in terms of like what they're writing about, especially this year, just mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I wanted to show people Jamie, Jamie, not just Jamie, here's your perfect that always tries to look pristine and always tries to be perfect. And I think the minute I started being honest with the world and myself is when I started finally living life mm. the right way, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when you're talking about that, I couldn't help but think about No Matter What, which mm. is like one of my favorite songs. Dude, it's so thank you powerful. so much. I appreciate it. Like when, when those, those, the choir vocals come in, it's like, a, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's a song I wrote to myself uh-huh. yeah that is a is, is, is a special song to me because i felt like it was a song that i wrote when i was depressed like in terms of even on the dark days i'm not giving up on you i'm here no matter what and there's so many times like not to get too sad that i did want to give up and just like have a normal life and go back to cardiff with my mom and dad and just throw the towel in i guess but then there was another side of my mind just being like don't give up like i'm gonna everything's gonna be fine gonna be here for you and i felt like just knowing that if i didn't give up then no no one loses and i only lose if i do give up so that was a little message i wrote to myself and it sounds like a love song so Mm. people were like playing at weddings and stuff like that and the way that i marketed it too i was like send this to the person you love but i think the music video is special to me because i've got to tell the story of like my whole life and like speaking to my younger self and i don't know if you've seen the video but um it's it's a special one to me yeah man i mean it sounds like 
a song that you only could have written if you came from like a dark place yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no like fakeness to it. It's like exactly what you need to hear. Even the melodies, yeah, and the way you produce it, oh, it's thanks, it's man. uplifting. You know, that that's that's really the adjective for that. Yeah, I wrote a lyric in it. It was like, I know you're hearing voices in your head, but darling, don't believe them because crying is just the sound of a heartbreak healing. Mm-hmm. And I remember writing that, and I was like. Oh, that's kind of a blah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, like, yeah. I feel like a rapper at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was like it's just it was the easiest song I've ever written. I was just like I banged it out in like uh-huh. two hours, and it was yeah, it's one of my favorites. I, I love the the stuff on TikTok too, where like you, you sing harmonies with with different singers. Yeah, it's so powerful. You know, there's something about the human voice that just kind of you know brings them like a little this. bit of home. Yeah, like it feels yeah. like yeah. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, let's like do a segue on on producing music. Like wh- when you work in the studio, yeah. you come from such a personal place. Like it's yeah. literally lines from your journal, you know, mm-hmm. and you put it in the studio. Um, yeah. What's your mindset when you're working with the studio? I guess you must work with like people you trust, right? The yeah, I, I actually like. So everyone thinks I go to like this like bougie recording studio, and I like I have had those moments, and I just don't. I don't like it. So my friends have a house and I just go over there and it's so common. It's like, just like so many nice lights in the backyard and it's like a grass overlooking a view. And it's, it's just, I feel safe there in a weird way. And we just write and we, before we write, like there's no pressure to write a song, but we just talk. We all have, like, we all say what's on our mind that day. And they're like we normally just have like a little therapy session beforehand and then we go into the studio around the piano and i just we just like all start spitting out ideas and even with no matter what it was just like they were just playing this music and then i just started singing and we all just came up with it in a couple of hours but i think it always starts around a piano and just having like conversations like this one mm-hmm. like even when i started getting emotional earlier like we don't expect it like, I don't, yeah i didn't expect that but that's just how it is like you know what i mean it's just like normal and like I don't know. Yeah. And I guess it starts from being like, you know, open, trying to listen to, I think that, that's yeah. a big thing, right? And just hearing like other people know that they're going through some stuff too. Yeah. Makes you feel yeah. less like scared about stuff, you know? Yeah. I, I, I always like that when I'm trying to like talk to someone about a problem and that person just listens. It's not like, no, like I have to give advice or anything. It's just like just to be able to voice it out to someone is already a huge thing. Yeah. Um, that sounds so cool, man. Like having a safe space where you can be creative. Mm-hmm. I think that's like, that's always what I think a lot of creatives on the show, you know, aspire to to reach. Like having that safe space to, yeah. to create, you know. Because I come from advertising. Okay. And, um, I, it's very different because it's a lot of corporate incentives. Oh. And, you know, when when you shoot something, it's a commercial. Right. The goal is to make money, mm-hmm. profit. So everyone kind of chimes in with like all these like sterile notes, you know. But totally when I'm it. shooting like a music video for a a, f- a band I really love, mm-hmm. or like some a short film with friends, or a skit, and yeah. everyone's laughing on set, like it's it's different, <laughs> man. The yeah. energy's totally different. Yeah, when there's no pressure or like goals to hit, like it, goals are always fun to hit. But like when there's just like when you're just having fun, it takes everything else away and it makes mm-hmm. it more worth it you know maybe let's just touch upon i guess just being like a musician in this day and age because everything from your story there's like so much interesting nuggets of wisdom there Uh, i mean there's a lot of randomness um but there's also risks that you took like 
you know, singing uh, "Here's Your Perfect," putting it out on TikTok. Um, yeah, what what kind of advice could you give to like younger musicians of this day and age that kind of have to balance, you know, making a good song versus putting it out so that that song will be heard? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's always the balance. It's like it is, know, I'm yeah. good, but you know, how do I get ears mm-hmm. to this to this song? You know, I think like honestly, like authenticity now is so key. Like trying to be someone else that you're not, it doesn't work anymore. Like mm-hmm. there's no, you can't make pop stars anymore. You can't make like, like it just the times have changed. So I feel like if you're just honest, like and if you believe in the music enough to like know that you can sell it by telling the real story or like why you wrote it or like I I think that's just the one thing that's helped me is just like being honest. Like rather than being afraid to be honest or trying to be like so pristine, like trying to do a TikTok and like mm-hmm. trying to be so perfect, it just doesn't. It's not real. Like it's just not. Do you know what I mean? And I yeah, think yeah. we try so hard to be perfect when we are not made to be perfect. Like we're not. And I think we always see the highlight reels on Instagram of like <laughs> that's so cool, but you don't mm-hmm. see the like what it took to get to that point. Do you know what I mean? And I think, I think I would just say like. Be consistent. Be honest. Be authentic. Be you, and believe in yourself. And you just have to. If it doesn't happen one day, it's gonna keep just going, and you just gotta keep going. Yeah, I mean, we get this a lot on the show because social media is kind of like a double-edged sword, right? It's like you mm-hmm. need it as a tool to promote yourself, but yeah. also it's like you see other people in your field, other musicians, other creatives, like oh, he's doing so well. Mm-hmm. You know, when am I gonna reach that point or whatever? Yeah. Um, and at the same time, some people are super shy to like put themselves out there. You yeah. Know? Um, what helped you to find that authenticity and and be yourself in like a sea of other creatives who are just you know? Yeah, I would say like the things that I hate used to hate about myself, like the people that I I surrounded myself like loved those things about me, and it was like so interesting to like see that. And like I said, I was so insecure about probably every everything in my life, just because I just again like didn't expect any of this. But I think when you're just one hundred percent you, and you surround yourself by good people, and you surround yourself by people who like believe in your talents, it's like the mindset just switches, and you you're not putting yourself down because you're not around people who think anything that you dream in is crazy, and like they celebrate that and. I don't even know if I'm answering this question correctly, but I think what was oh, the yeah, question? It is. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, just kind of helping. Uh, how do you find that confidence to to put yourself out there? Oh yeah, just like surrounding myself with good people yeah. who like hype me up. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, yeah. like in family who says like, "Oh yeah, that's amazing, Jay. Yeah. Like that's amazing." Or friends being like, "Yeah, post that." And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then I think social just like, support, social key, support, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that's just one thing that's changed my mindset. And like when I put the phone on record, I'm like, okay, they think it's good. Like I know in my heart that I feel like it's good. So yeah. Okay. Um. So tell me where you're at now, man. Um. You're now in Asia. You're in Manila on the other side of the world. Yep. Um. And. Where is where, where are you looking forward to in this career? Um, <laughs> it's like you're confirmed. Like you're you're really good. You're putting out all these songs that inspire people. I mean, people. I've seen people, you know, retweet even like no matter what mm-hmm. all the other songs, people like you know, um, they make it part of their their lives milestones and yeah. they're really inspired by it. So where do you th- where do you are you gonna take your career now or where are you <laughs> hoping to um, to go? I would say like I. 
my goal is to do a world tour next year um and that's like a huge goal of mine mm-hmm. since i started off singing while i'm here in manila i just want to meet so many people like so many fans that have helped change my life i'm really here like to to meet fans and just give back I don't, i'm not charging for anything like i just wanted to come here and just say thank you like i feel like so many times people don't travel across the world because it's so far but for me i was like i want to get on that plane and i want to hug and i want to take pictures and i want to thank everybody just for changing my life because i honestly wouldn't be here without it so um after after manila i'm going back to the us and i'm going to go on tour i'm doing a two-month tour in north america and then gonna take some a little bit of time off for christmas and then hopefully by next year gonna be announcing that i'm gonna be coming back to manila and doing a and okay. doing a huge concert so that's the goal yeah concert and, and then beach yeah, yeah concert and then beach yeah, for yeah. sure so hopefully that happens okay um well i just want to wrap up by asking one of the questions i like asking on the podcast to many different creatives yeah. and um it's it's a question about failure you know usually we mm-hmm. kind of shy away from the concept of failure mm-hmm. but i think there's a lot of failures in our lives that kind of eventually led up to a potential success or like led you towards growth you yeah. know in a certain way so is there anything that comes to mind when you think of like a favorite failure quote unquote or yeah there is um i the before the voice dude i can't even count how many times i got nose like so many nos. i auditioned for every tv show you could possibly imagine and i never made it through to like the tv rounds just because like come back next year or you're not good enough or not you're not good enough for this season but like come back and try again and honestly like my mom always used to say like why aren't you sad because i'm like it's just not the right time like mm-hmm. and i feel like for me i always saw nose as more ammunition i would mm-hmm. say and i was just like okay if they don't think i'm good enough now i'll just keep working on it i'll keep honing on my craft and i'll try again if that's a no i'll try again um And I think by the time I went on The Voice, I probably counted like 50 no's. Wow, man. And I think that's why I got very emotional because I was like, fuck yeah, is my final, like finally I get a yes, like finally. Um, So no, I would definitely say it's important to fail because it makes the success all the more better. So if you are failing, don't worry, it's going to be fine. Jamie, thanks for that. I think a lot of people needed to hear that. That's something <laughs> I guess people don't assume that successful people go through, but yeah. there you have it. Um, Jamie, thanks so much, man. Thanks, brother. Uh, I appreciate you. Yeah, dude. yeah. Appreciate You're the you best. Too. Thank you so much.